It's the March 29th, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown, a reconfiguration of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI, 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And as always, Joe Biden's latest running mate, <laughs> Mueller, the fake news dog. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed a bit hesitant. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly. Well, I don't blame him. Yeah. He was thinking about running with Joe Biden. That's, that never works. Yeah. 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 It never works. No. You are right. Yeah. It's never worked before, people. Keep that in mind. It's never worked. Coming up. Yes. White House redactions. The Sackler drug cartel. Speeding up baseball. And more. But first... Would you like a piece of cheese, Mike? I would, Nathan. Yeah. We've had this conversation recently, and yes, yeah, I would. I bought some baby Swiss for oh, you. Oh, thank you. You know it's my favorite. Thank favorite. you. You're uh-huh. so considerate. Yeah. Uh- According to Julia Bartram, curator of a forthcoming exhibition devoted to the artist Edvard Munch. You know that guy, right? Yeah. Munch's painting, very famous painting, The Scream, which I'm sure you're all aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's somebody standing there with their hands clasped on their face. Well, the curator there says the painting does not show a person screaming. What? A rare version of the scream on display in the exhibit at the British Museum has an inscription by Munch that reads, I felt the great scream throughout nature. Apparently, Munch was walking by a fjord, as we all do every morning. (laughs) How many times have you gone out and walk by a fjord. <laughs> and there are also Chevys going by, too. Well, they know? are, yeah. This fjord was overlooking Oslo, and this is in 1892 when the sky turned blood red. Wow. Now, that's an exaggeration, yeah. I'm sure, on Munch's sure. part. Yeah. I don't know if it was sunrise or sunset or maybe too much smog from all the fjords. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a sight that had a profound effect on Munch and inspired the painting, The Scream. Yeah. People think that this is a screaming person, but that's not what's going on, Bartram said. It is a man hearing, whether in his head or not, a scream. He feels the sensation of nature screaming all around him. Yeah, yeah. Mahler, I'm very used to nature screaming at me, too. I know the feeling. And you look at the painting, yeah. and maybe that what we think is his astonishment, that look yeah. that he has. Yeah, that's a good and Maybe take that's on what it, it is. It's not a scream. Right yeah. It's astonishment. Yeah. Smaller, cue the strobe lights. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we got the strobe lights going in here now. All right. Wow. Yeah, this is a, yeah, I like yeah, this. This is a gas. This is Smaller. Yeah. Thank does, you, Mahler. He loves to disco. He loves to party. <laughs> According to researchers, giving patients their own private blue hair rave, that's what I call it, (laughs) a blue hair rave, flashing light and pulsing sounds, both tuned to a frequency of 40 hertz, might reverse key signs of Alzheimer's disease. Is that right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What? You can go online, just put in 40 hertz. Yeah. Yeah. And they have some videos of the strobe effect. Yeah. So you can stare at it for a while. And you can actually buy lamps now that have this strobing effect. Tune that into a 40 hertz tone. And apparently it can uh, do something to your brain. Yeah. At least 
mice brains. Right. The work was done with mice who had genetic alteration that gave them Alzheimer's amyloid plaques and tangles. You know how that stuff works. That's right. That's what clogs things up there right. in your brain when this happens. Right. Like light strobes, Mike, our brains flicker. I've experienced that. Well, before. I know you have, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. My brain is usually flickering. <laughs> brain waves are generated when large groups of neurons oscillate on and off together. The researchers tuned their light to flash 40 times a second, or 40 hertz, and flickered it at the mice with a 40 hertz sound wave. The mice's brains flickered back. That's not to say they saw them flicker, but you right. know, the brains are flickering sure in there, generating up. gamma waves at a corresponding 40 hertz. When the mice's brains were dissected afterward, that's the one thing I don't want to have done to me. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I can watch the light, but I, yeah. I don't want my brain dissected. Yeah, if the price of watching this light is that, by the way, <laughs> by the way we're going to dissect your no. brain. Uh-uh. No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. The <laughs> amount of amyloid plaques and tangles in the mice that saw the light had plummeted. Wow. Yeah. It was the most remarkable thing, said lead researcher Li Wei Sai. The light flicker simulation triggers a tremendous microglia response. <laughs> These are the brain's immune cells that clear cell debris and toxic waste, including amyloid. They're impaired in Alzheimer's disease, but the light seems to restore their abilities. That's, thank yeah. you, science. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Mahler, yes, for thank the strobes. You. you can turn them off now, Mahler. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah, Mahler. Come on, Mahler. <laughs> we're, doing, okay. we're doing a show here, oh, Mahler. Gosh. Come on. <laughs> oh, Speaking God. of brain disorders. Yes. Mike Lee, the Republican senator from Utah. Yes. Yeah, first of all, what's Utah doing with a senator? <laughs> <laughs> and they got two. They got two. Yeah. That's the yeah. bitch of it all, is yeah. that they got two of them. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. We got two. Yeah, we got two. They got, they got like three people living in Utah, <laughs> right. right? Not only do they have two, but it's Mike Lee and Orrin Hatch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the Senate, they're equal to us. I know. I don't have anything personal to beef about with Utahians, yeah. Yeah. if that's what they call themselves. <laughs> Utahites. Utans. I don't know. <laughs> Utans. Yeah. Utes. <laughs> I don't, okay. but come on. I know. God. Anyway, they yeah. got these two senators. Mike Lee's one of them. Yeah. He got up before the Senate to speak against the proposed Green New Deal. Okay. Good enough. You want a good, serious debate about exactly. this stuff, right? More than happy to have a serious, informed debate yeah. about the ramifications, the benefits, and the maybe some deficits in the New Green Deal. Yeah. Let's have that discussion. But what did Mike Lee do? Well, first of all, I want to just say that Mitch McConnell had forced this. The it's trickster. A, mix, yeah. yeah, Mitch McConnell. It's a, it's yeah. a BS demonstration vote is what it is. Yeah. What it means is it's a show for the right. Republicans. They're trying to yeah. expose... All of the socialists in the Democratic yeah. Party for what they are. Godless well, communists. Yeah. Expose what Republicans are jackasses <laughs> is what it exposed. <laughs> exactly. Especially this Mike Lee guy. Yeah. The vote was a sham for the Republican majority Senate, but that didn't stop Lee from making a Republican majority ass of himself. <laughs> Unlike some of my Democratic colleagues, I am not immediately afraid of what carbon emissions unaddressed might do to our environment, our civilization, and our planet, Lee said. Not immediately afraid. That's what he said. He'll wait. Yes. He'll wait to be afraid. Yes. That's what it is. By the time that ocean levels get to the level where they're actually impacting Utah, yeah. I don't think 
he's going to be around. Lee stood in front of a painting of Ronald Reagan firing a machine gun, riding a velociraptor. <laughs> the uh, velociraptor is clutching a tattered American flag in its talons. This is in the Senate. Lee said, after reading the Green New Deal, I am mostly afraid of not being able to get through this speech with a straight face. <laughs> oh, you're so funny, Mike. I doubt if he read it. Yeah. He then explained how procreation will solve global warming. Procreation. Procreation, well, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, uh, By having more children, you are making your nation more populous. Okay. Thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. Because I guess the more people you have, he thinks... The more smart people you'll generate. Nathan, let's be Not clear. Not up there from Utah. Let's be clear. Okay. What he's talking about is generating more white people. That's what he's talking about. You talk to any of these people now on the far right yeah. like he is, it's all about Europe, the well, loss of the, the birth rates and the loss of white people. He's from Utah. Do I have to draw a picture here? Uh, okay. All right. Well. Yeah, there you go. That's just my, my take on that. The courage needed to solve climate change, Lee went on, is nothing compared with the courage needed to start a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's killing it. Comedy Store this Friday night. You got to go see him. He's better live than he is on TV. Oh, my God. If this news confuses you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI-FM to settle your hash? Just go to KUCI.org. <laughs> Your generous donation is how we stay on air, commercial-free, freeform, free speech radio, 88.9 FM, KUCI.org. Meanwhile, in a blow to the climate, yeah. Ronald Reagan fired a machine gun while riding a velociraptor. No, no. Coal plants blew out more greenhouse gases than ever in 2018. Not only are planet warming carbon dioxide emissions increasing, but the world's growing lust for energy has led to higher emissions from coal-fired power plants than ever before. Yeah. Elections have consequences, Nathan. This is one of them. Just don't consume as much. Yeah. There you that's go. it. Yeah. Just don't consume as much. Yeah, that's it. Why are you going out and hoarding so much? Right. People go out and buy and drive and go and fly and gotta go to the know? I gotta go to that Home Depot and get yeah. some stuff. Why don't you just hug your dog? Gotta go. Gotta get stuff. It's Saturday you. morning. We gotta go to Bed Bath and Beyond. Hugging Come your on. dog. Where are we going? Where are we going today to buy stuff? Hug your dog. Yes. That's all you need to do. Yes. Or if you have another person around, yeah. hug them. Hug them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Go for a walk Go with them. Go for a walk. Stand in the place where you live. <laughs> Energy demand around the world grew by 2.3% over the last year, making the most rabid, rapid increase in a decade. Rabbit's a good word, too. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, maybe not. It's a little touchy when you bring that <laughs> word up. Yeah, Fossil fuels satisfied nearly 70% of the increase. We're still using lots of renewables. We're just making up for our lack of energy by using fossil fuels mainly. Yes. A bunch of relatively young coal plants located in Asia boosted the record for emissions from coal-fired power plants, exceeding 10 billion tons of carbon dioxide for the first time. 
Greenhouse gas emissions from the use of energy surged in 2018, yeah. reaching a record high of 33.1 billion tons. In the U.S., coal is declining, but most of the increase in demand for energy in this country was fueled by burning natural gas instead of renewable energy. Natural gas emits less carbon dioxide than coal does when it's burned, but it's still a fossil fuel and causes significant emissions. In a major report last year, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change found that global emissions would have to be cut nearly in half by 2030 to preserve a chance of holding the planet's warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Now, we can argue about these figures. Yeah, we can. But... There's evidence that the climate is changing rapidly. And there's evidence that we are definitely contributing to it. Right. The spike that you see, the yeah. hockey stick, is there. Yes. You can't deny it. This is costing us now in the hundreds of billions of dollars. We won't be able to afford it if we don't do anything about it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. To do it would require... Extremely fast annual reductions in emissions, but instead the world is setting record highs. Yeah. We're in real deep trouble, Rob Jackson, a professor of Earth System Science at Stanford University, said. The climate consequences are catastrophic. I don't use any word like that very often, but we are headed for disaster and nobody seems to be able to slow things down. This is where government matters. This is where yeah. government comes into play. Companies whose business is to provide you with energy have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize profit. That's just the way the corporations work. That's the way business works. They have no incentive to try and ramp back on how they provide you with that energy. Well, they're short-sighted. It's based on instant gratification. Yeah. If we were more complete human beings, this wouldn't be happening. Right. Don't give them the excuse. They're morally corrupt. Yeah. They're unethical. Yeah. We've talked about this many, many years ago, Nathan, and that is what I call the tyranny of expectations. You can't, as a business, you can't just make a little profit. Wall Street sets your annual profit at 5% and you make 3% profit. You're punished for not making your number. And I don't know how that stuff's drawn up, but it has consequences because then there's so much internal pressure to maximize your profit in order to meet these expectations. Yeah. And that, until that changes, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah Molly. Healthcare. <laughs> Healthcare. I care. In a significant shift, the Justice Department now says that it backs a full invalidation <sighs> of the Affordable Care Act. It presented its position in a legal filing with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans, where an appeal is pending in a case challenging the measure's constitutionality. A federal judge in Texas ruled in December that the law's individual mandate, the requirement to pay in or be charged, can no longer be sustained as an exercise of Congress's tax power and said the remaining portions of the law are void. In a new filing signed by three Justice Department attorneys, the administration said that the decision of U.S. District Judge Reed O'Connor should be affirmed and the entirety of the ACA should be invalidated. If that happens, it could potentially eliminate health care for millions of people and cause disruption across the U.S. health care system. In other words, business would tank and people would die. 
from removing no-charge prevention services for older Americans on Medicare to avoiding the expansion of Medicaid in most states. Legal experts say the filing is more significant for anti-Obama insanity. Yeah, it is. It's more about that it is. than it is for altering the course of ongoing litigation. Timothy Jost, uh, emeritus professor at Washington and Lee University School of Law, called the Justice Department's new position crazy and legally untenable. It's conceivable that the entire Medicare payment system would collapse, yeah. he said. Yeah, this is yeah. part of the Obama derangement syndrome. Nathan and I have discussed this many, many times in the show. Obamacare is not by any means a great system. It's better than a system where pre-existing it's conditions... It's a Mitt Romney system. It's a Mitt Romney. It is. It's a moderate Republican policy. Yeah. And the Republicans have nothing to replace this. No. Nothing. Zero. They N keep saying they're going to give us the best health care. Well, show us something. Mitch McConnell is apparently, reportedly, very upset over this because the Republicans have nothing. Yeah. And what did the Democrats clean up in 2018 on? What was their primary issue that yeah. won them Congress? <laughs> health care. They talked about health care. They talked about Medicare for all. They talked about universal health care. This resonates with voters. It is almost like Jonestown here with Trump. Yeah. He doesn't care. It's going to force everyone to drink the Kool-Aid and the bodies are going to pile up. Yeah. And they, they, he doesn't care. <laughs> You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIradio.tumblr.com, on Twitter at KUCIFM, on Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on iTunes. Go to Internet College University, KUCI 88.9 FM. What do you think about this Billy Barr guy, Mike? <laughs> what do I Billy think? Billy Barr. I, what do I think? The deep state Republican is what he is. He's a oh, deep stater. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think that he wrote a 19-page memo, which was his, his application for a job as yeah, attorney general. Yeah. And he got the job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Attorney General Billy yeah. Barr said he will send special counsel Robert Mueller's report on the Russia investigation to the White House before the public sees it so they can redact privilege information. Yeah. What the hell kind of sense does this make? It doesn't. If they're just going to show it to the White House. I understand that. Yeah. Show the president what we got. But don't give him the ability to start blocking out things. I really didn't think that they would be this ballsy. But it does speak to the depth by which the Republican Party now exists. Yeah. So Trump can censor the report on himself. Yeah. <sighs> and, and in the report, as everyone who's been alive for the last week knows, this four-page letter was heavily edited in the sense that there are only fragments of sentences. Yeah, from Billy Barr. From Billy Barr. Yeah. Fragments of sentences that leave a lot of interpretation, open interpretation, except that Trump has seized on... Yeah. The one word. Uh, typically, when the government obtains information that can be protected under privilege claims, it sets up a separate redaction team to take out that information before prosecutors see it. Justice Department veterans say they were flabbergasted that Billy Barr chose to forego that option and send the report directly to the White House. So, say Barr sends this report to the White House and Trump sends back half of it. Right. The rest is blocked out. What then? 
first of all, we don't even know how long the report is. We don't know. I think it's 300 pages. They said 300. Yeah. Without but, the, without the yeah, uh, but that doesn't the yeah. addendums <clears throat> right. It, the addendums. it refers to a lot of stuff too. Is so it's three hundred pages probably with right. a lot of footnotes right. and and material that you would have to read to understand what the report is referring to. So you can you can redact things for being diplomatically sensitive. You can redact things because it's legal advice, which is pretty much covered in attorney-client privilege. And then you can redact things because of national security matters. U.S. courts have a history of deferring to the executive branch about national security stuff, but then the executive branch often abuses that privilege. Yes, they do. And, and says, oh, that's national security, when it's really them screwing up. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And by the way, the stuff about the grand jury, yeah. yes, it's technically supposed to remain a secret. However, there have been a number of cases where grand jury testimony has been released for the public to see. And this is an extraordinary circumstance that would warrant, in my opinion, would warrant that release of grand jury testimony. And just so everybody understands, even Billy Barr said the report does not exonerate the president. But the one word that Trump keeps saying, yeah. that he's exonerated. Yeah, yeah. And it does not exonerate him. I know. Now, and there are two different sort of major issues. One is, did Trump campaign collude, which is a, a spongy That's kind of... a spongy word. Yeah, it is. With the Russian government. They keep saying this. They say it on TV all the time. With the Russian government. No, Kalimnik is not a Russian government official. Maria, the Russian mafia. Yeah. The, that's, that's, it's, yeah. it's organized crime keep, that he colluded with. They, he wanted to... I'm sorry, I'm no, interrupting. No, 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 right. But he wanted his Trump Tower, right. and he was willing to do anything to get his Trump Tower in Moscow. Right. So this is during the campaign where Trump literally lied about his relationship with Russia. So why was he lying? We don't know. That's what this report's about. Right, and right. We, hopefully that's what it brings up. And hopefully that's what the state of New York will stumble upon too. Right. They have to stop saying that he didn't collude with the Russian government. They're not that stupid. Yeah. This operation, whatever it was, and I believe there was an operation to affect his campaign and the election. Yeah. I do believe that. They wouldn't have been doing it through the government. They would have used cutouts. They would have used third parties to do this, yeah. which is what we have plenty of evidence about. The Democratic-led uh, House of Representatives, however, has already started pushing to get a copy of the Mueller report by next week. Yeah. In the event that Congress doesn't get the full report, congressional lawmakers are ready to take the dispute to court, including the Supreme Court. Yeah, but, yeah. but Nathan. Yeah, but it's it's stacked for Trump. But We've got Bud Kavanaugh on yeah. the Supreme Court now. But we got Adam Schiff working for us. He did a great job yesterday yes, of responding to the Republicans yes. who literally wanted him to resign. Yes. How does that even work? When you have a president who is lying about his relationship with Russia yeah. and you have reports that he colluded with Russia, right. what are you supposed to do? Trump said he should be forced to resign from Congress. Yeah. That's Trump's position. He wants him kicked out of Congress. Yeah, Trump's an idiot. Dangerous idiot. And you know why? Oxycontin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. OC. Yes. Kickers. Killers. <laughs> Hill right. Billy Heroin. Hill Billy Heroin. A Sackler Drug Cartel. <laughs> All coming up next on Weekly Signals. More than 500 cities, counties, and Native American tribes across the country filed a class action lawsuit that argues that the billionaire family behind Purdue Pharma, the Sacklers, initiated and perpetuated an entire generation of opioid addicts by selling and marketing their drug, OxyContin, as safe. The lawsuit names eight people in the Sackler family, including Dick Sackler, 
El Chapo Sackler, <laughs> the ringleader who's come under increased scrutiny for his marketing methods, be pushed while president of Purdue. The drug trafficking family made billions off OxyContin, first introduced in the market in 1996. The Sackler cartel now is forced to pay, by the way, we have a settlement coming in this week, Yeah. with the state of Oklahoma, yeah. $270 million. And New York is in pursuit, and there's a number of, as you described in that story, a number of states. Like the tobacco settlement, we're going to find out just how much money the Sackler family yeah. has. And the name of the Sackler family, made up by prominent philanthropists, is engraved on museum halls, university buildings, and hospital wings. Now some recipients of Sackler money have considered cutting ties. The Tate Institution of the Tate Britain and Tate Modern Galleries said this week that it's not accepting any further Sackler drug cartel donations. And London's National Portrait Gallery, under pressure from activists, dropped talks with the Sackler Trust for a $1.3 million donation. I'm sure the Corleone family, if they were actually a real family, would have been contributing oh, yeah. to museums. Yeah, just and all to make themselves look respectable. Yes. And by the way, the Sackler family is now talking about filing for bankruptcy. Oh. So that's why, no, well, they're doing it as a dodge, so they don't have to p make these payouts. Yeah. So yeah. all this, that's why everyone's kind of lining up right now to be in these lawsuits is because once they declare bankruptcy, you're outside the circle of people who can get money out of them. So you're going to see a rush to get those lawsuits in there. Purdue and the Sacklers have repeatedly denied the claims against them, and Purdue has specifically argued that it's being blamed for an addiction problem too complex to pin on any one drug oh, cartel. Oh, of course, yeah. Nathan, of course. <laughs> hey, goodness. When do you think you're going to die, Mike? <laughs> well, every Friday morning I die a little bit inside, but uh, I think that uh, somehow, some way, I'm going to live like my family, many of my family members, Despite whatever else is going on, they tend to live into their 90s. Wow. Yes. Medical researchers found that artificial intelligence is good at predicting early death, Mike. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> Scientists recently trained an AI system to evaluate a decade of general health data submitted by more than a half million people in the United Kingdom. Then they asked the AI to predict if anyone was going to die prematurely. Predictions of early death that were made by AI algorithms were significantly more accurate than predictions delivered by a model that did not use machine learning. The deep algorithm delivered the most accurate predictions, yeah. correctly identifying 76% of subjects who died during the study period. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. 70... But, you know, but they should put it up against a human, somebody who is sensitive. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Or a dog, even. Yeah, you know well, yeah dogs, dog. dogs can... <laughs> yeah, yeah Mahler. Yeah, Mahler, I know. He's been kind of yeah. quiet. I, yeah, you okay? All right. Why don't you go over there and sniff Mike and uh, yeah. see, see how long he's going to live, Mahler. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. that Mahler. <laughs> you could have waited till after the show to tell me that, okay? Yeah. EVs. EVs. I like EVs. Electric vehicles, yeah. plug-ins. Yes. The number of electric vehicles on the world's roads is rising fast, but is buying an EV ethically correct? Amnesty International says human rights abuses, including the use of child labor in the extraction of minerals like cobalt used to make the batteries that power electric vehicles, is undermining ethical claims about the cars. In other words, they said climate change should not be tackled at the expense of human rights. Well, we all agree with that. I don't. 
Amnesty points to serious health risks to child and adult workers in cobalt mines in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Miners as young as seven were seen by researchers who visited nine sites, including deep mines dug by hand using basic tools. Miners, the youngest, who were earning as little as $1 a day, reported suffering chronic lung disease from exposure to cobalt dust. Now, they use cobalt in batteries Mm -hmm. and pottery glazing Mm -hmm. and roof tiles and paints and medicines and alloys and cancer treatments. So cancer treatments are unethical, right? Mm -hmm. So we should stop with cancer treatments. Is that what Amnesty International is saying? What about pottery? Should we no longer put glaze on pottery? You're you're right. I know where you're going with this. I agree with you. I think in the end, Amnesty has a good point that we need to track. Exactly. Which countries are doing what? Most of the countries that make the batteries, the lithium-ion batteries, are like in Asia, China, South Korea, and Japan. Yes. Amnesty said makers should disclose the carbon footprint of their products. Meanwhile, according to the Union of Concerned Scientists, EVs are essential for fighting climate change. So the only thing that Amnesty International is saying is don't act morally superior when you're selling an EV. On the other hand, if you're helping with the climate, can't you feel a little bit good about that? Right. Yeah. So come on, Amnesty. Right. They're shining a light on a situation that is unacceptable. And in some ways, they're helping the fossil fuel industry here. Right. And that's what bothers me. Right. What bothers Oh, yeah. Yeah. Baseball. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. We like baseball, Yes, we do. The national pastime. (laughs) According to Major League Baseball marketers, baseball's future will be decided by a youth audience that doesn't like watching five-hour Dodger Astro World Series games. (laughs) In past years, Major League Baseball's commissioner Rob Manfred's adjustments to the sport have been minor. He's just been tinkering with it. He has shortened the time between innings in limited pitcher-catcher conferences. Mm -hmm. Now, they go up there on the mound, and they talk for a while, and really what they're doing is giving a reliever time to warm up, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. But trial runs in the Atlantic League in the minors and baseball's dying fan base suggest that more radical changes could be imminent. Most baseball fans are over 50. A lot of them are. Yeah. Here's what they're trying in the Atlantic League. Here we go. Here we go. Number one. Yeah. Pitchers must face three batters or reach the end of an inning before they are removed. No, that shouldn't happen. Okay. I'll I, I tell you why. Only because if a pitcher is blowing up, the whole team should not suffer. You should be able to take the pitcher out. Right. If he gives up six home runs in a row, what? The whole team, the whole crowd has to watch this go on? Right. How is that going to shorten the game? Right. That's not going to shorten the game. I understand if they keep moving the pitchers in and out for each batter, that lengthens the game. But why not make the warm-up time less? Why not just say, you know, you can't warm up on the mound. You got to warm up in the bullpen. When you come out, you're ready. Right. That would at least put a little damper on that. Right, exactly. Anyway, they're just trying to eliminate this back and forth where every batter, the coach is going out there, they have a little conversation, and then they call somebody in. And it is a part of the game that has evolved because we have now specialists, people who come in to throw 95-mile-an-hour fastballs or 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, and that's all they do for a couple of batters, and they're gone. Here's another one. Two infielders must be on each side of second base, which would eliminate the analytics-informed infield shifts that have turned would-be hits into easy outs. Actually, I'm in favor of that. Oh, really? Only because you can still have a shift. 
It just means that the uh, shortstop would just shade a little bit to the third base side of second base. Okay, That's so all. he can't cross over. He can't cross over. That's a good enough rule. All I'm right. okay with that. All right. Because sometimes those shifts get ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they've got a second baseman where you normally would see a second baseman, and then somebody behind him. It's like in softball where you've got a, a roving yeah. fielder in the outfield. But honestly, I kind of like the shift only because if the batters would just catch up to it, they could drop a bunt down the third baseline oh, thank you. if they're shifted to first base, and that's that. I don't know why they yeah. don't. Yeah. That baffles me. Because they don't words. know how to bunt anymore. I guess so. Uh, the elimination of all mound visits, except in case of injury or a pissing, <laughs> pissing, <laughs> pitching, <laughs> pitching change. The between innings break cut down from two minutes and five seconds to a minute and 45 seconds. I mean, who cares? Just put less advertisements on. Yes. Everybody would be in favor of that. Yeah. And the most extreme change, which is crazy, moving the mound back by two feet, <gasps> which they'll be doing that in the Atlantic League's second half of their season. I didn't catch that one. Yeah. That's that's a little bit... I understand for safety reasons for pitchers, but all records would then go off the book. Right. All pitching records right. would be gone. Well, when you're talking about the college non-professional level when they can use aluminum bats, yeah. and those balls come off those bats at a, yeah. a crazy rate uh, yeah. of speed... So I understand that, but not at the major league level. You cannot yeah. do that. Well, they can, but to me, the whole problem is baseball is a slow game. Yes. That's the beauty of baseball. Right. You're going to screw up baseball right. eventually. It's more exciting than <laughs> golf, right? Well, if you're going to tailor this to the whims of the demographic, what's the point anyway? You have a game here. Yeah. I used to really like this one bean chip, and it only had beans and rice and oil in it yeah that's the only three ingredients yeah and it's made by bean fields okay then they came out with all the flavored chips mm -hmm. and they dropped this one no salt yeah chip that yeah. they had that only had three ingredients all the others have like 20 ingredients right. they didn't have the imagination i even called them up bean fields and said you know i want to come and take your job for you <laughs> you don't know how to market the good thing that you have you have the perfect food chip yeah I gave them to my friends all the time, and so they got addicted to these things. Yeah. I used to go buy 15 bags at a time when they were on sale because they were the perfect food. Rice yes. and beans, yes. no salt, right. a little bit of oil, right. and they tasted good. And if you wanted a little bit of spice, you dipped them in some salsa. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with that? But no, and it's the same thing with baseball. They don't have the imagination to take what they have, which is a good thing, a slowed down several hours that you can sit in a ballpark with a lot of other people and forget about everything. Yeah. You want to know what they should do? Stop the goddamn flyovers. Stop promoting the military right. and the war machine. Right. Stop with that kind of crap right. and do something relaxing yeah. and pacifying and for people. And stop piping in the music and stop piping in the cheering and yeah. stop doing that stuff. Yeah. It's annoying. It's, it's annoying. Time. I'm not old. It's just annoying, yeah. okay? Just chill. Yes. Have a good time at the game. Yes. Enjoy your friends. Uh, hug your friends. Hug your friends. Talk to your friends. Talk to them. And well, finally. I can't believe they did that. They're the, talking about the, the mound. feet? Yeah. That's a crazy. <laughs> I didn't. I missed that. How did I miss that? And finally. Lower the, lower the mound. Lower the mound. If it's a they talked about that, too. Okay. Well, yeah, they talked about they that. They did it. They, they raised it and lowered it. They've done that a number of times. That's not new. All right. Forgot. And finally. A Los Angeles artist has answered Trump's call for a border wall with Mexico by creating a wall of cheese on the actual border in Tecate, California. 
You see the waste in my wall, but you can't see the waste in Trump's $10 billion wall? Asked Cosimo Cavallero. Cavallero is hosting a GoFundMe campaign and selling mugs and T-shirts for his cheese wall with the slogan, Make America Great Again. (laughs) You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.